Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, once again today as a Missouri Synod pastor, I kind of lead off with the law. And the law tells us that we all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. When you and I come to places in our life, perhaps when we deny that fact, we are in essence calling God a liar, aren't we? For if God has said something and I say the opposite, or I say the thing God has spoken isn't really true, then I am in essence calling God a liar. Aren't I? Right, that's a very simple fact. And yet throughout our world today, of course, we see many people calling God a liar, don't we? Or God has spoken against something, they say, oh no, no, that's really okay. God has laid down his law in a specific area, and we say, oh no, no, that, that was just for some pastime. Don't worry about it. But no, indeed, however great our sin might be, even however minor our sin might be, we all have sinned, haven't we? Now, sometimes we get a, a little bit uncomfortable with people giving uh, testimonies, and uh, especially, you know, if we feel perhaps like our, you know, testimony is as, as great or grand or extravagant as another person's uh, might have been. And, you know, for, for myself, you know, my, my testimony maybe, you know, isn't all that significant for, you know, I, I grew up in the church. Right, my, my grandfather was a pastor. I was baptized as a tiny little baby. Right, the Holy Spirit laid it upon the heart of my mom, my, my grandparents, you know, to kind of, you know, gather together to bring me into the, the church, even though my father had died before I was born and, and he wasn't present still. You know, the Holy Spirit working through family members brought me to the church. I, I got baptized. I, I went to Sunday school. In the home where I, I grew up in, my mother, a widow, remarried when I was about five years old. And, you know, my, my dad made sure we were in church on Sunday. And, you know, if Sunday school was in session, we were in Sunday school. And then, you know, coming into confirmation years, you know, I, I can well remember my, my confirmation day, even, you know, where I, I really, you know, had a special closeness, a feeling in, in my heart that this was important, right? That, that I was standing before the congregation, I was bearing witness, you know, to, to that power of God. And hopefully for, for many of you, you, you had that, that same kind of feeling on your confirmation day, a special closeness with God. 
But as probably happens for, for many young people, you know, there, there came the time when I, I had my own car, you know, and I, I could, you know, stay out later and I, I didn't have a, a curfew, you know, when I was 17, 18 years old, but, you know, still dad was kind of there. You know, if, if I came in at five in the morning on Sunday morning, it maybe happened once, Dad was there in time to wake me up for church. And I can kind of remember, you know, he, he kind of knew. And it wasn't that, you know, gentle, oh, son, it's time to get up this morning. Rather, you know, he took hold of my ankle and he was shaking my whole leg. And he was like, you're going to get up now and go to church. And so we, we kind of go through those years, but yet, you know, the Bible says we, we all have sinned. And, you know, I, I went away to college. And when, when I went away to college, it wasn't really my top priority to, to find a church that, you know, I, I could attend every Sunday. It wasn't, you know, the, the first thing that I did when I, you know, unpacked the car and I set up my dorm room and I said, now I'm going to go find a church. Um, it wasn't what happened. You know, we, we start to kind of go astray, don't we? God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And I got to tell you, when I was away in college, it wasn't my top priority. God says, we, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. And, and yeah, there's a, a place where I start to fail. You know, my, my mom would say, oh, there's a, a wonderful professor at your university. He's taught some of the Bible studies at our church from time to time. You should go and see him. You should take some of his classes. You should go to his Bible study on campus. I'd say, all right, mom, sure, uh-huh. Thanks for telling me about that. And because she's my mom and she asked me, I, I went once or twice. We fall short. Why we fall into sin? We we disobey, you know, some of God's most important commandments. What does it mean to remember the Sabbath day? What does it mean to, to keep it holy? Does it mean you just kind of you know sleep in late that morning? You just kind of maybe took it easy? Right, I'm remembering the Sabbath day, I'm taking it easy, I'm not working, I'm sleeping. That's where I was. But the Lord, in his wonderful goodness, he began to put people within my life to direct me back to him once again. And so there was this one young man at the time, his first name was Scott, and Scott would show up at my dorm room on Sunday morning knocking on the door. Boom, 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 boom. And I'd be sleeping. Huh? Who is it? It's time to go to church. Come on. I'm sleeping. 
No, no, it's time to go to church. Get up, get up. See? Okay. Ah. I'm already awake anyway. I know I'm supposed to go to church. I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing. All right. I'll get up. I'll go. I'll go. And, and, and so we'd go. And he, he had a church that, that he'd kind of picked out. No, he had, had kind of shopped around, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado. It had a number of different churches at, at the time. It, it wasn't nearly the, the kind of terrible place it is today if you're kind of following the news and some of the laws that they've, you know, recently passed in Fort Collins, Colorado. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't like that. Back when I was there, there were lots of churches, you see. And, and, and so we'd go. And we went to the, the, this one church, and, and I remember the fellow's name was Johnny Square. And at one point in the past, you know, maybe that name is a little bit familiar to you. At one point in the past, Johnny Square had been a running back for the Minnesota Vikings. And he became a preacher. And he, he's there in this little church in, in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's, he's preaching. I, I can remember him. Right? But you know what, even though he was a, a great preacher, and even though I really enjoyed the, the worship service, guess what, the next Sunday would roll around, and, and you know, where what was, you know, young Joe Crossfight, he's sleeping in his bed, right? But he had a friend, this friend, pound another, boom, 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 boom. See, get up, we're going to church. Okay. But see, so it doesn't really matter you know, what, what you feel inside. It doesn't even matter you're going to a, a church and you enjoy the, the preaching and you, know, you enjoy the service and the, you know, there's good people around there. But rather, still within your heart, if you're not preparing beforehand, right? if you're not thinking to yourself, church is a priority this week. I'm going to go tomorrow. That means I have to get a little bit of sleep probably. It, it means that I can't stay out till five in the morning with my friends because I want to be able to get up. It means, you know, I probably can't have three or four beers on Saturday night because I want to be able to, you know, be focused on Sunday morning. That I'm intentionally thinking to myself, you know what, I can only have one beer tonight, Saturday night, because I want to be able to get up. Right? If you're not putting those kinds of, of things into practice, you're, right, just like me, sinning, right? Breaking God's commands. Going down the, the wrong path. Now, certainly the, the world, you know, it, it likes to weigh things out, you know. And, and we like to make judgments. We like to, oh, that person over there, wow, look at the big, huge sins that they're committing. And, and oh, that person over there, you know, we don't really even know about some of the stuff that, that they're doing. Maybe it's okay. But guess what? God says he wants us to be perfect. 
right? He, he says, you know, that, that you know, young Joe Crosswhite sleeping in on Sunday morning and not really caring that much if he gets to church, he is just as bad, you see, as that fella over there in the prison cell because he's committed great crimes in the eyes of society. The Bible says we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. None of us can do it on our own. None of us is righteous in God's eyes. That we all need some help. And that's where the wondrous gospel comes in, doesn't it? That God wanted each and every person to be saved. He wanted every single one to come to the knowledge of Him. It wasn't just, you know, the, the, the young Joe Crosswhite, he had such a, a nice past and he came from such a, a nice family. He's really not such a, a bad guy. Maybe I'll, you know, pick him out and I'll, I'll lift him up. But all some of those people over there, oh my. I'm just going to like stomp on them. No, God says, and again, if we take God at his word, right, we say, you know, God tells the truth. He said, I desire for everyone to be saved. I desire for everyone to come to the knowledge of me. I want everybody to know what my son has done for them. I want everyone to come on into heaven. I love everyone. I want all of them. I'm standing ready to forgive. See, what a marvelous God we have. And I can see him at work through the course of my life. I'm sure that you here today, you can see him at work through the course of your life as well. Right? He wasn't just standing there going, oh yeah. I knew what that Joe Crosswhite guy was like. I knew as soon as he moved out of the house, he would never be in church again. Just, just knew it. Oh. Oh. But rather, right for, for me, in that time of need, he brought by a close friend. Someone that, you know, maybe at the time I felt like he's kind of annoying, you know. Why can't he just let me sleep on Sunday? Why is he pounding on my door again? What in the world? But still I knew he kind of had my best interest at heart and, and still I knew I kind of was supposed to be going to church anyway. And, and so, you know, I'd get up again that morning let go. Not even enjoy myself, but the next week, ah, it was still me. It was still there in, in, in my sin. God wasn't really a, a great priority in my life. But God was coming after me. God was putting people in my life to draw me back to himself. 
God was still desiring through that time that I would be saved, that I would be within the knowledge of Him, that I would be within the body of His church. You see, out of His great love, He was putting forces in place. He was putting people in various positions in my life. He was drawing me home again. And that's the marvelous love that God has for everyone. See? Sometimes you and I, we, we might get discouraged. We, we have, you know, of course, family members, you know, people that are, are close to us that have gone astray. There's maybe people that you can look back upon. You can say, oh, they're, you know, such a, a solid young person in the church. A person that, that maybe wanted to, to go on mission trips. A, a person that was skilled at evangelism. A, a person that had that great love of God. And you could just see it in their eyes and, and in their face. And then, whatever happened. Right? And then, you know, the, the story goes on and the corner is turned and it's the next chapter. And you say, I, I don't even know what happened. I can't even talk to him now. You know, we used to be kind of close and, we, you know, we, we thought the same and now it's like they're on a different planet. You know, somebody rewrote the code in their mind. Their opinions are just the, the opposite and we're in conflict and I, I don't even know how to reach that person anymore. And guess what? God still loves them. And God still wants them to be saved. God still wants them to return to the family, you see. God is ever willing to forgive. And we, we might not think of, about it that often. But what is really the difference between Peter and Judas? In our text for today, you know, we, we talked about how, how Judas ended. He, he, he hung himself. Right? The, after he died, the, the rope broke. He hit the ground. His body split open. It was, you know, terrible, grisly kind of a death. But really, what is the difference? Peter denied Jesus three times. Publicly. Right there, you know, there, there's Peter hanging out, out, out outside where the trial is taking place. Oh, hey, you know, your, your accent gives you away. You're, you're one of the followers of that guy. Oh, no. Not me. Hey, I, hey, you're, you're the, I think I saw you with Jesus. Oh, no, it wasn't me. No, I don't hang out with Jesus. No, no. Three times in public, Peter denies Jesus. How is that so much worse than Judas leading the guards to the garden where Jesus is? You, you might even argue everybody knew what Jesus was doing. Everybody knew where he hung out. They didn't even need Judas to lead him, probably. You can make that argument. 
And so, you know, Judas, in a moment of weakness, you know, he, he leads, you know, some, some people to, to seize Jesus. And every other time, Jesus walked free. You know, Judas probably has in his mind, I'll make a little bit of money. Jesus will just walk free again like he always does. And what's the harm? Right? No, Judas and Peter, they both sin. They both betray Jesus in, in various ways. And what is the difference? Peter repented, you say. When the cock crowed, Peter went out and the Bible says he wept bitter tears. I failed. I messed up. I've sinned. Judas went out and he hung himself. He couldn't face tomorrow. He couldn't live with his failure. He couldn't come to that point when he would say, I did wrong. See, Sometimes maybe you've had friends and they couldn't admit that they were wrong, you know, and there was like maybe some glaring incident that came up and you're like, okay, now come on. And then I was no, no, really, really, admit it, admit it. Come on, come on, come on, do it, admit it. I was see, that was Judas. He couldn't admit he done something wrong. But dear friends. That love of God, it always remains open to each and every one of us, no matter that we publicly deny our Lord and Savior, still we can come back, you see. Still we can find that forgiveness. Still for our friends and neighbors, our, our, our children, our nephews, our nieces, our, our grandchildren, right, if they will but repent, if they will but admit that God tells the truth, that when he says we all have sinned, we all have fallen short, if we will but reply, I have. I was the one. I did it wrong. Lord, forgive me. And he does. And he will. He loves you so much that even if you were the only single person in the world, that Jesus would grant forgiveness to because no one else would take it. He would have died Anyway, amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always.
Amen.